comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the 102nd episode of uh, whatever the show is called, the Stateside Soccer Show. Uh, my name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is a guy who maybe had too much Skyline chili. It's Logan Stone. Are you calling me fat, Jordan? Gosh, that was an awful intro. No, I thought, I don't know, maybe uh, <laughs> stomach issues. I don't know. <laughs> you need to get off that, Jordan. Um, <laughs> no, I'm doing I, all right, Jordan. The only thing I can think of that was Cincinnati related. I, I, I could have said go into the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, who, who day, Jordan? Because um, we can ask Brian, who day? Yes, I got to get this episode up before the Super Bowl is the goal here. Because right. I want to get a prediction from, from them as well. But uh, yeah, so we're going to be previewing FC Cincinnati and uh, really looking forward to this one here um, because <laughs> I know I said this last year, but I really do think they improved. And with the Charlotte situation, the time has never been better for them to get out from the basement and to maybe have another successful Cincinnati team uh, the same year that the Bengals make the Super Bowl. I think that'd be very exciting for the city to have more than one good team. I hope so. I, I, You were much higher on them last year. I wish I could bring that back in and play some clips of you being so high on them, and I was not so much because um, that made me sound like a genius, although then you could probably bring us both in on the Montreal stuff. But it, <laughs> you're right, though, Jordan. It, this is the year. If they're going to get out, if they're going to loan the spoon to someone else, this is the year to do it. I think there's going to be some people that are contending for it. Yeah. So uh, who do we have uh, this, this episode? Yeah. So we got Brian Weigel. He's coming back uh, round two for Brian. Um, Cause we had his brother Brad on in the season to kind of catch up with him on how uh, the opening of the new stadium Q2 was. Um, it was beautiful as, as it has always seemed. It plays lovely for the U S men's national team. Um, but yeah, uh, co-host over at the Cincinnati soccer talk. Um, so we're going to have Brian on to talk Cincinnati, FC Cincinnati, and maybe some Bengals stuff here because uh, it's pretty pretty fun because I know he and his brother were both looking at tickets, but gosh, those tickets are insane. So I think they're just hanging out, watching the game. And we we're hoping all uh, you Cincinnati fans, I'm hoping by the time you're listening to this that you're ramping up for the game or maybe you're listening to this after the game and hope all went well. So. Yeah, so let's go ahead and welcome in our guests. And we are back from our break, and we're welcoming in Brian Weigel. How are you today, Brian? Oh, man, the vibes, the the, the tenseness, the emotions <laughs> going into this game. Haven't felt, haven't felt uh, uh, so nervous for a playoff game since I think uh, maybe the USL days of FC Cincinnati going up against uh, Nashville SC. So good things, excited for the Super Bowl in Cincinnati, but uh, really excited that uh, the round ball is going to be kicking off here in a couple weeks. It's insane uh, that we're only like two weeks away yeah. from from it. And the fact that this is the first year with the extended uh, NFL schedule, so it's even like, you know, th and that Cincinnati is even in the Super Bowl. But, you know, to be 
once this game's over, you're literally like two weeks away from, from kicking yeah. off uh, FC Cincinnati's season. It, it's been super weird because, um, you know, the past several years we've had CBA negotiations. We've had roster overhauls, and we were expecting another roster overhaul again this year. So our off-season uh, broadcast schedule has been like nonstop. And yeah. this year it's been like we haven't had a signing in like six weeks. And uh, it's all, all been Bengals talk, so nobody really cares about FC Cincinnati. So uh, I feel like I'm a little rusty. Now we had, we had a show last week, but uh, uh, I mean, y- you'll hear it when we talk later throughout the show that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done for FC Cincinnati, and and it's not been a it's not been a fun off season in, uh, for the Orange and Blue. I was going to say the blinders might be on for some people that are watching the NFL and all of a sudden they look over at the shoulder and go, all right, FC Cincinnati time. Go, what's going on? And you're going, yeah. not a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nothing. Not a lot. <laughs> not, nothing at all. Nothing good has happened yet. So yeah. we're still waiting on that. But yeah, no, we, Jordan and I are, are wishing you guys all the best, all the Cincinnati guys that are listening. I know we got um, quite a few Cincinnati fans going. So it, it I, we're all excited for you guys. State size is going to be rooting for the Bengals to win. Hopefully they can take one away from the Rams, but I I know it'd be a good, it'll be a good game. It'll be a hard game because it's it's in their stadium. So playing a, a Super Bowl game is never going to be easy, but especially in somebody's own territory. Yeah, and we'll, we'll you know an FC Cincinnati related. We'll take whatever good vibes we can get uh, from Joe Burrow uh, from this <laughs> game and uh, and for the Orange and Blue. So now excited for the for the Bengals and uh, yeah, can't wait, man. It's going to be uh, you know exciting weekend here, and then we have our. We have our first live show uh, for CST next week, and then you know, boom, week opener in, or the season opener in Austin. Yeah, that 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 is crazy. Um, so let's let's get into it a bit, I guess. Uh, but where can people find uh, Cincy Soccer Talk if sure. they wanted to listen in? Sure, uh, we're on every major uh, podcast network out there at Cincinnati Soccer Talk. You can find us on Twitter at Cincy C I N C Y Soccer Talk. And uh, yeah, we're, we're pretty much out there everywhere we, we can be. We have three shows a week. We have our main show traditionally on Monday nights. We have Talking Tactics with Coach Goff and former Arsenal player Justin Hoyt sometime throughout the week. And then we have uh, March to Match Day with my twin brother, Brad. He does a weekly show, uh, a match preview show. So we kind of have a general theme show, uh, a coaches more analytical, and then uh, match previews every week. So it's, it's, it's fun. We've been doing it for, I guess, seven years and uh wow. hopefully we're doing a lot lot longer all free too that's one thing i loved yes. about you guys is that everything is accessible it's easily accessible through different you know outlets and different sources um you've got different things covered you've got you know the game you got the guys on the ground that are covering the game you got the stadium coverage you got you know on the ground with the fans then you've also got the tactic talk then you also got former players so it's like it, it is it's a wide coverage of it and i always like looking at cincinnati stuff because it's just a wealth of knowledge from you guys and uh laurel failure fail is it failure? yep yeah, yeah. um yep. she does a good job and you it seems like cincinnati's got like great coverage as far as everything's concerned so i think it, it, most of your listeners know about fc since or probably hear about fc cincinnati everything's in the in the dumps and things are negative mm-hmm. but um we still have a, a really strong presence in the city of cincinnati uh, I, I would like to think Cincinnati Soccer Talk is a big part of that. We have a, a, a great following uh, with the city and outside the city, but it, but really it, it kind of comes down to the ownership and the in the um, that brand new stadium that's down in the West End. It's a it's the jewel. I mean, we had the U.S. Men's National Team there uh, this past fall, and that was a, a great dose of Sarah win. And then and really it's it's just uh, that the fans are passionate. We really haven't seen a huge drop off in season tickets. I'm sure that could change uh, with the Bengals being good. And and you never know how we're going to be this year. But uh, overall, there's a, a passion in the city of Cincinnati that's still there, even though we've had three wooden spoons. And who knows, maybe another one coming to the uh, the, uh, the the drawer of, of cutlery. So we'll see. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so let's, let me just ask for, uh, season, the last season, 2021, uh, that third straight, uh, wooden spoon, just a reflection on that season as, um, you know, where that left Cincinnati. And I guess the fact that they had to kind of move on from, uh, you know, their front office and their coach to be able to kind of maybe reset for another time here, uh, in their short MLS, uh, career. 
Sure. Let's do a quick history lesson here. Um, uh, FC Cincinnati came into the league in, in 2019 with uh, Alan Koch as the head coach, who'd never really been a major league soccer coach. He, he had a cup of tea for a couple games as the assistant in Vancouver. Um, and we didn't really have a GM or anything. So 10 games into his tenure, he's fired. We bring in a Dutch general manager, bring in a head coach. He gets fired for, for doing some, uh, some really poor uh, things. And then we bring in Yap Stam. Uh, in 20, uh, 2020, and while he brought, uh, I guess, a tenacity into how he talks and addresses the, 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 the city, he just was a guy without a plan, and that really manifested itself last year. Uh, we spent a bunch of money, again, great ownership group, and, and, and to Gerard's point, he brought in um, some talent. He, he, he really did, uh, even though the pieces ne- didn't necessarily fit together. Uh, you had the Brazilian Brenner. Uh, $13 million signing at Luciano Costa, uh, the Argentine number 10. He brought in uh, three U22 players, all of which have quality, just don't necessarily fit on the pitch together. <laughs> and, you know, he, 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 he brought in some great pieces, but he also had a lot of holes. So um, really where we had issues in 2021 was where there's really no great way of getting the ball to Lucho and, and letting him create. When he had, you know, the games where he shined were the games where we actually had a really good possession in the midfield, were able to get the ball to him facing goal and keeping his head up and making some great decisions, whether it's passing to, uh, you got a Barrial or a Tonga on the wings to Matarita on the left, left back, left wing, uh, or Brenner up top. So um, without those you know, whenever we had uh, instances where he wasn't able to, you know, really generate anything through the midfield, he had to kind of just do everything himself. And a lot of the times throughout the season, we called it uh, hero ball by Lucho, but <laughs> it was literally, you know, just give the ball to Lucho and, and pray and hope he does something strong. So there's really no offensive, I guess, uh, method outside of that from, from Yopstam. And of course he was fired with, I think there's seven or nine games to go in the season. Um, and, and really, you could kind of see a lot of the holes really just kind of be even further exposed later in the year. Under Tyron Marshall, the wheels kind of fell off. There was nobody in those defensive midfield shoes. You know, you had Harris Medunin, who's a great player, great player, great um, uh, deep line playmaker, I guess you can call him. Doesn't play defense. Same with Caleb Stanko, Alan Cruz, anybody we threw in those defensive midfield uh, positions. I would joke that it was the point defense. It was, hey, you go cover him. <laughs> but nobody ever did. So we just got torched and, and long story short is just really no method in place. I think by the general manager who again, lost his job, Gerard Nightcamp lost his job. And now we got Chris Albright in. He just, he built the team with, you know, let's just buy as many good players as we can and, and plug holes where we can. And I mean, we played the whole year with a, a winger at right back, no sixes, uh, really even no, uh, you know, Shuttler in the eight role. And it just was a really rough year, and a lot of the young guys we hoped would uh, progress really didn't take that uh, jump that we needed. So you, you alluded to him there, um, and Jordan will get, be able to speak a lot more on this too because he's he's a Union fan and he's he's used to that system and what they've done with Jim Curtin, um, which now I think for the first time I think when you look at FC Cincinnati, these appear to be on the at least on paper two guys that know what they're doing. They have a plan. They've seen what, you know, has been successful with Philadelphia and they're kind of in that same boat where, and I I think they're going to spend more money anyway than the union do, but it it does seem like they've got new guys in now. So they've got new GM, Chris Albright, and then they've brought in uh, the new head coach, Pat Noonan. Um, What do you think they bring uh, to this FC Cincinnati team and and kind of what is their vision for this club going forward? Because I know this is, this is going to be kind of like a rebuild, kind of restart, reset, and kind of get the team in there that they want. I almost call it a uh, expansion year, yeah, because it's it's kind of how how it is. It's a very incomplete roster. They had some pieces together, um, but now it's up to to Chris Albright to shed some bad contracts and uh, make some tough decisions on players, and and you know really reshape this whole thing. Uh, he was he was loaded with a lot of really bad contracts. Uh, I think we had like five or six players that literally could be considered designated players in this mm-hmm. league. And, and 
without, you know, Lucho, I think is a good player. I think Brenner will be a good player, but uh, Yuya Kubo, you know, he was a uh, disappointing up top in 2019. So they moved him to <laughs> the number eight yeah. and number six role in 2021. You had Alan Cruz who hasn't performed since, you know, 2019. Um, you have um, Kamahela Makocho that fortunately uh, we were able to, to write him off, buy him out his, his huge, huge contract. So it was really about Albright, trimming the fat and knowing to use the, the correct mechanisms to trim, trim the fat and then bring in some low cost players. Uh, fortunately, it seems like he's doing that pretty well. Uh, FC Cincinnati have brought in uh, quite a few league veterans, but overall we still have a lot of holes on the roster. Um, it looks like we're going to kind of go to that, maybe that four, four, two diamond roll mm -hmm. uh, that you saw in Philly. And we are legitimately missing a six and a second eight. Right now in camp, um, you have Yuya Kubo playing. And then, you know, is Alan Cruz going to be fit? Is Harrison Dunan going to be, be fit? And we got a 14-year-old and a 19-year-old academy player right now. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see what happens. But really, it's league experience with Albright and hoping that he can uh, take that jump in, in the big chair. And then with, with Noonan, it's about having a guy who's familiar with players, familiar with what it takes to win in the league, and doing what's necessary. Yapstam. God love him. He had his idea and just didn't care um, with who against who he's playing or or really the fitness of his players. I mean, there was a, a time where I think we were playing like thirteen or fourteen players over like seven games. It was it was insane and led to injuries later in the year. So I think Noonan's going to balance uh, the the workload out a little bit better, and and he has the respect of a lot of those players. Um, you, when I say respect, it's it's more than just the players. I mean, he got. You know, MLS legend Dom Kinnear to come on to his staff as an assistant and Kenny Arena as well, Bruce Arena's son to come mm -hmm. on. So that experience, I think, you know, we might take our lumps this year, but I think overall it's about setting the tone for 2023. <laughs> I've been saying that for since 2020. It's about setting the tone for the next year. And we'll see what happens, but I think there's going to be a little bit more rope with, with Noonan and Albright than there might have been with uh, the high-spending Gerard and just – uh, Yap Stom, who just was a fish out of water in, in Major League Soccer. I was going to say, if you're, if you're looking at names that he's coached with and just who he's associated with, like he said, Arena Suns uh, coaching with him, and he's coached with Bruce before. He's been with the LA Galaxy. He's seen what you know Bruce has done with U.S. Men's National Team. He's been with him there. I mean, just working alongside a guy that has so much experience with um, some of these different clubs and how successful the Revs have been. And then you jump over to, to, to Jim Curtin, who is easily probably going to be one one of the coaches that, that ends up leaving MLS uh, eventually for whether it be national jobs or if he's going to head over somewhere else. But that, that's got to be good. I mean, if, plus he's got a great head of hair, um, unlike Yop. So it's good. <laughs> I mean, that's a good step. And I know. Can't get him um, confused with any of the other bald people right, in the exactly. world. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so going into uh to, to Brenner, uh, you know, se second season with the club, he had eight goals last year and an assist. Uh, what type of impact do you think he had last year after he was hyped sure. up? And and was it tough uh, for him to adjust to the league? And what steps forward do you think he'd be able to make uh, in 2022? First off, I think that he's a very talented player. And I think FC Cincinnati failed him in 2021. I mean, it, it goes to not getting the players or, you know, the, you know, the midfield to get the ball up there. I mean, we had, I still think this, this, this club has quality attacking players. It just can never get the darn ball. Um, and when we did, I mean, we we're always trying to get on the counter. So it was like two verse four, three verse six. I mean, we never had a good numbers advantage. Um, so I think if we can get a couple players in the midfield, to calm the play down, get the ball to Lucho in the right situations, things more opportunities will come from Brenner. Uh, he had eight goals. I think his XG was like 9.5. He missed a couple penalty or he missed a penalty. I think he missed a couple sitters that you would hope that he would have had, but I think that could be more to having to take bad shots, not having, you know, the confidence there that you need out of a guy. And, and there's so many factors uh, that, that go into to what happened with him. Um, and I really think that he was probably suffering from overplay because he had played down in in uh, uh, Brazil for you know 15 games. So he he played he had a long a long 2021. Um, I think he can take a next step. I think in this formation, um, 
We're going to have a forward next to him, probably Don Baji or Brandon Vasquez. You're going to have Lucha sitting behind him. You're going to have three midfielders hoping to control the play there. So I think where he's going to get a little bit more chances in spots where he's a little bit more comfortable. He's not a guy that creates stuff out of nothing. Um, people, I don't know if I would call him a poultry either, but he, he does make a lot of really, really smart runs uh, on frame. So I think if he can get, if we can get the ball in the right spots, he'll do better. Um, but you know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, we're still missing, we're still missing the midfield. So, um, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Another a factor about Brenner is he's still not in the country, uh, due to, uh, Nykamp's frivolous spending on the international market. We have, we had like 10 international players, uh, rostered, uh, I think back in early January and we had to, we had to trim some fat hope for some green cards before we can bring in some other international players to, to plug in some of these holes. So uh, Brenner and Alvaro Barrial are still in Argentina and Brazil mm. waiting for their green cards. And we're two weeks away from the season. Right. So yeah, we'll see how that, we'll see how that happens. But I, I can't imagine that the Brenner is going to get into form until maybe, you know, late March. Yeah, it'd be interesting, too, because, I mean, you've got a lot of international competition. I don't know if the two are involved heavily in their international teams, but, it, no. you know, it getting, I guess, you know, guys up here and ready to go with, you know, some of the guys that are going to have to leave for international camps or whatever sure. it might be, and then not having that depth. I mean, that that was something, I think, what was it, last year where you had a lot of those issues where you had guys that were just missing because of the season away that kind of started. It was late getting started. You guys had, you know, mm-hmm. not you guys, but people had people hurt. Um, and then that ultimately just is not a good recipe for success to start the season. Um, yeah. And Cincinnati did not get off to a good start last year. So I think that'll be essential this year. And it, I hope those two can get that solved because it sounds like that's not going to be good. Well, so last year, I think what we started in May and we had this ginormous yeah. off season. And now we have an even shortened uh, window because we moved the season up, what, two weeks, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and now we're, you know, these guys – they're they're waiting they're trying to get their their green cards and i just i don't i don't think the beginning of the season is going to be pretty but fortunately we're not having to pack so many midweeks and the schedule you Mm -hmm. know got so condensed uh you know towards the end of the summer early fall and thankfully i think um when you don't have the top to bottom depth that fc cincinnati has like a union might have um you know, you need those breaks to, to really be competitive. You can't play, you know, I think there was a time where we played like five games in the span of like two weeks is like, like Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. It was, it was absurd. So fortunately we don't have to do that this year. And I think that that will help uh, with, you know, bringing guys in late. I mean, I think we're still missing two starters and you have Barry Allen and Brenner that'll have to come in. So you talked about Lucho earlier. Um, and uh, a good it looked like a good signing for Sensi. He came back into MLS and actually had a good impact. And like you said, it was much more of like Lucho or bust last season. Um, can you kind of talk about he had seven goals, eight assists? Um, can you talk about you know he how does he make this team better? And then what would you like to see as far? I know you talked about linking up to get the ball to him so he can make some of these passes and, yeah. and look for you know different players running out and making good runs, but what else can you kind of see from him or would you like to see from him in 2022? Sure. Uh, go to Cincinnati We had a great new um, post written by uh, uh, one of our contributors, Nate Gilman. Uh, he described it basically kind of what I'm saying right now is, is we need to get Lucha the ball in the right spots. And if we don't, it's going to be another long year where he's having to drop all the way back to get the ball from the center backs, take the ball 30 yards up the field and, and pray. So, you know, last year we called it hero ball, but I don't think it was like extremely selfish. I mean, he was just doing what he could do with the tools he had. And, and, and he was, I think probably one of the very few pieces that lived up to the hype. Um, he was, he was very good. He just, he didn't have much help. Um, I think, having two forwards and Lucho and then maybe a shuttle or two on each side of him will help him because teams literally could just sit two guys right on Lucho, hack the crap out of them, mark him out of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and we didn't have enough talent or maybe I would say, I think, I think our wingers are talented. I just don't think they were necessarily mature enough to make some of the right decisions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's going to need a little bit of help, but I think if, if we can get him in, in the right spots on the field, that will be a huge tell 
to get, you know, FC Cincinnati in the right spots. And, that, and that's all about the coaching staff drill on the team, getting the guys in the right spots. And uh, I mean, he, to me, he's still a top 10 playmaker in this league. He, it, it almost reminds me of the situation because we did San Jose it reminds me of like showpiece a little bit where he's got good wingers as well. He's got kid Cal when he was playing well. Um, he had somebody who could score up there, but once that kind of dropped off, he had a harder time, but it did. It almost seemed like Lucha. It was the same thing. It, it was showpiece or bust. Cause in and around him, behind him in the, the midfield, there was no backup. It was like, well, good luck. And once you got to like a six or an eight, it was like it, it was difficult for them to operate. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he'd fill in behind the striker almost as like a false nine at times. But it, it Lucio seems to struggle from just being able to find. And is, is some of that like Brenner learning to how to play with him? Like was there was there some connection between yeah. the two that, that was positive? Oh, I think they actually did very well together. Um some really good touch give and goes. I think he had a great goal versus Nashville that way. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's got the talent. Um, I, th- I still think he's, he's an absolute DP in this league. Uh, he's a difference maker. Um, but again, you know, he's, he's kind of diminutive. You, you can mark him out of games. That's why mm-hmm. if you have more than just Lucho, um, I think, I think it'll make Lucho better. I mean, like, look at the Wayne Rooney years when, uh, you know, when when he when Wayne wasn't there, people mark Lucho out of the game. Mm-hmm. DC United struggled. When Wayne was there, you had to respect both of them. And Brenner, I think, will get that respect over time. But Brenner's also the guy that relies on the service from Lucho. He's not going to be creating things out of the, out of nowhere. So I think if we get another strong eight in plus uh, the veteran Don Baji up top, I think you'll see a little bit more positive production, maybe less goals, more assists out of Lucio in 2022. But I, I really think it'll be setting up more to his strengths. All right. So the midfield, um, a number six, uh, you said that it was basically like Lucho, and Brenner, and then after that, that midfield is just sure. basically a big giant hole. Um, is there an upgrade? Like, do you feel there could be an upgrade coming? I mean, it's two weeks away, but like in the summer, is there any talks about bringing in a six? Um, or is there anybody in the ranks that you feel like, hey, this might be a good option? <laughs> you're really thin. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think there is something on the horizon, but then again, um, we've been close on several signings this offseason for a, for a stud six. And it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, lately, the names that have been thrown out there are um, Chris Durkin, which, again, we've heard that's more agent-driven, less FC Cincinnati-driven. <laughs> right. We've heard Carlos Cruzero, or I, can't, I butchered that name, I'm sure, former D- FC Dallas guy. We're hearing that's more FC Cincinnati pursued, less his side pursued. And then now, all of a sudden, uh, over, I think it was like Wednesday night, you had Christian Olivier from uh, Cagliari in Valencia. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent. Uh, so that name was was thrown out there. So I think that they're getting some options. Uh, but as you've seen with Albright this year versus um, Nightcamp in the past, I think Albright's patient and willing to wait. Um, we brought in or we brought back Harris Medunin in who can probably be in that six for a couple months if we need him to be. It's not great. You could be you could be worse than that. Uh, if you have Lucho Costa, who absolutely is going to start in one of those eight roles, and then you have um, Alan Cruz, who's legit. I mean, he's he's a DP figure player. I mean, one point two million dollar player uh, who who just has fallen off the map. I mean, he was amazing in twenty nineteen. He was he was what they call him the Costa Rican um, uh, Golo Conte, <laughs> and he was that in year one, and he just fell off yeah uh, unfortunately so could he come through yeah maybe uh we got uh, a couple really good young guys you have uh steven jimenez who's um a 14 year old wonderkind i guess you could call him he, he played really well in that philly game but again i don't think he's going to be a starter i think he's more that mls next guy mm-hmm. and then you have a, a 19 or 20 year old coming out of the academy called harrison uh Robledo, who played very well in the uh the eight shuttler role um those are guys who maybe might not have the final technical ability yet, but got that motor that's really needed in that press system uh, that we're going to employ this year. So I could see those guys maybe uh, uh, making a cameo throughout the year, but uh, really if, if we don't have two guys brought in by summer, if not three guys, um, 
it's going to be another wooden spoon for FC Cincinnati. So uh, they bring Ray Gaddis out of uh, retirement here to all of the Philadelphia fans' disappointment. Um, Alec Khan coming over from Atlanta, Baji coming from the Rapids, Alvis Powell returning. Uh, what do you make of these signings and what roles do you see for these guys? Uh, and what do you think is needed for them, uh, from them to, uh, to really make an impact? Sure. Uh, have you guys ever seen uh, the movie Major League when they're yes. sitting, <laughs> they're sitting there uh, at the batting cages, and you know they're like Jake Taylor, and the coach goes, "I wish we had him two years ago," and they right. go, "We did." Well, Alvis Powell. Uh, no, I, I, again, these are a bunch of guys who are, who are quality MLS veterans. They're nothing earth shattering. I would have loved to have had him two years ago, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, we didn't. And now, um, I would think you know Ray Gaddis and Alvis Powell. Uh, I think if this move was 2021 with Ray Gaddis, I think everybody would have been ecstatic. And and even with Powell as a backup in 2021, I think a lot of people would have been excited. So this is a position group where those right backs is 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 a question mark, and we'll see if they can get up to to the I guess a league average player between the two of those guys. I don't think the defense is bad. Um, you have some really good pieces in that left back role with Moderita and the two center uh, two center back roles with with Cameron Blackett and uh, and Viasia. Uh, so I think that that could be a pretty decent back line uh, ahead of of Alec Khan, uh, who who again you know he's is he somebody that you're like okay yeah we're cool with our number one no but he could surprise you and he could be a very good you know one B kind of guy or surprise you mm-hmm. and, and really turn out to be the next, you know, the next guy he's a little older. So I could see him being a, a two, three year guy, but uh, certainly a little bit better than anything we've had in the past. <laughs> so that, that you'll hear me say that probably quite a bit. And again, okay. Don Baji, Don Baji was a, actually a very uh, a big surprise to me because uh, he was sought after by several major league or by several MLS clubs. And he came, he chose to come to FC Cincinnati. Yeah, he's going to get a shot to start up top. Uh, I think Brandon Vasquez is, is a good second forward, but Baji just adds a little bit more experience and a little bit more overall uh, quality. Again, you know, Don Baji's feast or famine, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but these guys know the league and they know what it takes, they know the travel. And that's something that really hasn't been able to be said by FC Cincinnati uh, in the roster build. So uh, just need some quality pros to get us through this, what, again, I call it almost like an expansion year. Mm-hmm. So the defensive was you you talked about some of the, the back line. Um, my, my biggest thing was the, the 74 goals chasing down their own record of 75 in 2019. <laughs> Um, they, they were determined and Jordan and I had like a bet. I forget what it was. Uh, we wage, we tried to wager like if they'd actually get it. And it, I, it actually, be, it was a lot closer than we thought it was going to get. We're like, Oh man, that got a lot closer than we thought. Cause at first we were like, I don't know if they'll get that, but I don't know if they'll do that, but they, they tried. Um, it, it it's concerning just because I, I think there, there still seems to be that back line there. Um, but like, was there improvement over the season as guys started to get at it, as they get more experience playing together? Was that more of the case or was it continuous struggle throughout? Sure. And then it didn't, it didn't help that Ken Vermeer was a goalkeeper <laughs> for you guys. Yeah. Um, so when, no matter how good of a defender you are, mm-hmm. if the attacks always coming down your throat. You're going to make mistakes. If you can't take a second to breathe, you're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Yes, our right back situation was poor. Do I think Joe Jal is a poor player? No, but I think twenty twenty one Jody is not a right back. Um, I I think Jeff Cameron played very very well. I think Viasia played well in moments. I think he also had some several howlers. And then Tyler Tyler Blackett uh, came in very late in the year was mm-hmm. very refreshing on that back uh, back line in the center back role. So. I think our center backs are actually probably, I would rate them higher than the league average. And the same with Moderita on the left back. I'd call him a top five, six mm-hmm. left back in the league. It's just yeah. when they're coming down your throat, when you have what the point defense, it's the point defense. Right. It's, hey, pick them up. <laughs> That's literally what these right. guys had to deal with all year long. 
And I, I would hope that Noonan's a little more pragmatic and makes a little bit more adjustments so we don't see those guys taken to task. Um, but again, I, unless we bring in a midfield, it's going to be a repeat of, of 2020, maybe to a little bit lesser extent because Moderita will be back and he contributes offensively. Gaddis, even though he's not an offensive player, he seemed to be pushing up a little bit more. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to relieve a little bit more uh, uh, stress with those guys uh, um, getting the ball out of our, our back third. But, I mean, it, it's really all going to boil down to can that six or uh, you know an additional eight give more cover? Yeah, I think it's going to be key, too, that if they go with that diamond, which it looks like that's sure. kind of in the plans, that I think, uh, you know, having guys that Philly have, like, that can chew up people in, in that midfield just to help, like you said, relieve the back line because the back line's going, are you always going to constantly put us under pressure? Because if that's the case, they've got no choice but to score on us because there's just nothing there to stop them from just keep going and going and going. Yeah. And, I, you know, you got guys like El Brujo and Ali Bedoya and guys like that, Leon Flock with the union. Now I feel like – that tends to be the direction that they're headed in, right? Cincinnati, I feel like they're trying to find guys that are just going to eat you alive in that midfield and, and you know, force their hand and, and make mistakes and turn the ball yeah. over there because they've got good attacking players. I feel like if you can get Lucho out front and, and take the ball away from somebody deep with us and just head down the other side, if you're forcing them to always play in your third instead of always having yeah. them right in that midfield or playing in your final third all the time, feel like it's just it, it feels like they need what three players in that midfield that just can play with Lucho and, and kind of back mm -hmm. him up don't don't underestimate this there's a moment last year I, I can't remember if it was Jeff Cameron saying this or the the interim head coach Tyrone Marshall but literally they would say when they're trying to close out the game 20 minutes 15 minutes to go which we had we had quite a few leads you know a couple mm -hmm. two goal leads right that guys would be doing different things. Guys would be trying to see games out differently because there was no common tactic from from Yop Stom. And golly, I'd really, I'd really <laughs> hope that that's changed under Pat Noonan. But I mean, when you have one guy trying to say, hey, let's get forward and let's right. push, let's get another goal. And then you have one guy saying, hey, I'm going to drop back another, you know, you know, 10, 10 yard, 10 meters, whatever. And then there's gaps and then there's more holes and then there's more goals. And I mean, I really think that having that team more drilled, having a general in that midfield uh, should hopefully at least help with coughing up those games. I mean, I think we had eight games where we had a better XG than the other team and we won four. Mm. So it's right. you can't you can't do that. <laughs> so they they've got pieces going forward, um, and I, I kind of want to do this with you because I I feel like it, it going position by position is just a it'd take forever. I want to know if FC Cincinnati fans or fans for outside the league are looking at FC Cincinnati. If you're looking at pieces that are currently there, what pieces, Brian? Do you do you feel that the team is going to build itself around? Are there are there pieces that you do see long term? as these are FC Cincinnati players, this is kind of what that system is going to be. Um, or do you see this more of like, you know, Pat trying to feel out what he's got and then kind of figuring out from there. Um, and do they have any young pieces? I know you talked about the wonder kid, but are there other young pieces that you're kind of looking forward to, to kind of stepping up in some roles in 2022? Sure. Uh, boy, I wish Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow could uh, play <laughs> soccer. So that would be my answer. Yeah. Um, no, uh, that's a great question because I, I want to say you might have asked me a similar question last year. Mm -hmm. And I said, Alvaro Barrial, I was super excited mm -hmm. about this kid. And, you know, he was, he played that inverted winger role high up the pitch and he struggled at times. He looked great the first 15 games and then just fell off the face of the earth and was kind of replaced by Isaac Atonga towards the end of the year. Those are U22 slot guys, Isaac and, and, and Alvaro. And they're not, they are absolutely not the system players that we need. So while I think they're very good players, I really wonder what Noonan and Albright are going to do with those two players. There's been rumors that uh, Barrial has his green card. He just needs to get it in hand, get back here. And then there might be a trade within the league for mm. that's contingent on that. Um, that'd make me really sad because I still think he's a good player, but he doesn't fit. 
Um, the the another you know card here is is that um, Lucho Costa and Brenner. I think they will be promising. I think you'll see a much better um, relationship there going into 2022. But we're going to need a little patience because Brenner's not here. Um, okay. Two of the guys. They're not especially young. Viasi is a U22 center back. He'll probably, I would assume, he would start next to uh, uh, Jeff Cameron this year. I think he's a very athletic, very talented, but still a little bit raw uh, center back. He played kind of the six uh, midfield role in the youth setup and, and kind of even in the uh, uh, Ecuadorian youth national team and in, in the youth World Cup. He switched to center back role. I still think he's learning, but he's got a lot of tools to be a very strong major league soccer center back. Tyler Blackett came over from Nottingham Forest uh, late summer, uh, free transfer. His contract was only front like a year long, so it was like June to June or something, or August to June. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with him. He played very well uh, uh, this past year. So again, I think you got some really good young center backs that, you know, if we don't want to resign Jeff Cameron after this year, I think you have some, some good, good options. And then I really want to see what those two young kids that I discussed earlier, Jimenez and Robledo, I want to see what they do if they're given a chance to do so. Um, we got a lot of really young players, Kimi Ardonez, who for the life of me, I don't understand it. He's been an attacker he was a, a great attacker in the MLS next tournament. And then they put him at like left back last year. Like what the heck they put him back in a, in like a forward role. This, this, this camp, I uh, played very well versus Philly and, and I'm excited to see what those guys do. But again, if we're having to rely on those three players, we're in a tough spot. Right. Sorry. My cat's uh, taking over my set here. I've had problems with my cats lately. Sorry, Brian. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's interesting just because you're looking at defensive pieces that uh, defensive pieces and youth pieces that you know you want them to play well. Um, but again, I think it, it, it all matters with how Pat sees them too. Like I think that looking at you know what can they do once you know that system is in place. If, if Jeff Cameron is you know getting older, what do you put in next to that? And kind of looking at different aspects like that, yeah. I think in the attack much more like the, the midfield, like you said, the six is kind of in a nightmare to try to figure out. So what pieces fit there? Um, I, I can't imagine being on at least covering the team and, and thinking about like, what does this team need? Because it does seem like once they do find out what they need, some of these players, like you said, is Lucho going to be around for that long is, you know, are guys like Brenner going, cause Brenner could play well. And then by the time they're good again, what does that look like? Right. So I think that was kind of like my concerns with it was like, this team is in a real weird spot. Like you said, like it's kind of like a, what is it? Third expansion year or something crazy. Yeah. So it's kind of like, where do you move on from some of these players and how do you kind of mix in some newer, fresh faces with this? Um, but it does sound like you've got a good core of young kids. So hopefully it kind of mixes in along with some of the, the experience pieces. Yeah. I, you know, as, as a guy who's covered this team for so long, well, so long, whatever. It's been seven years for <laughs> USL to make <laughs> soccer. Um, every year, even in USL, it's always been a massive rebuild, massive rebuild. Mm-hmm. And and we've had a lot of work this year, but it hasn't been a, a huge overhaul. There's still a lot of guys. I think like 80-some-odd percent of our minutes are still on the roster this year from last year. And so you'd think you'd see a natural progression, especially because we have a very, very, very young roster um, that we would see, you know, more production out of these guys. But it, it, there's poor Pat Noonan, poor Pat Noonan. I mean, he's got <laughs> he's got he's got talent on there, but it's just not it's, you know, it's like making a, a chicken pot pie with right. a recipe for uh, a, you know <laughs> beef tenderloin or something. I mean, it's just not it's not the right recipe for for what he needs to do. So I think you'll see improvement. I don't know if it'll be a massive jump from like, you know, wooden spoon to seventh, mm-hmm. but I think if the right improvements are made, if, if Kubo does well in that eight role, if, you know, Baji gives a little more support to Brenner with Acosta being there, I, I think it's very logical that you could see them outside of the bottom two or three. Um, you have Charlotte there who, um, you know, they're, <laughs> they're, their head coach, what, what did he say today? 
yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> okay. The actual the actual translation is yeah. is more the f word. There you go. I like I like that guy. Um, no, uh, sitting down with Pat Noonan last week in a in a in a an interview, he's like, we are very you know I'm encouraged where we are, but we are still very very far away from where we need to be. Mm. And that's a, a you know delicate way of saying we're screwed. Um, <laughs> Just because there, I mean, there's there's holes, man, and there's holes, and there's no depth. There's no depth in some of those positions because mm-hmm. you know the previous general manager was frivolous and 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 just went out and grabbed pieces and hoped they fit. He he must have been a great recruiter because we had some good <laughs> players and we haven't had any influx of players right now. But um, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, Pat Noonan could either be the coach of the year, or, uh, you know, I'll be buying the guy, you know, beers at at, at the bar. Actually, I used to do it for John Harks, by the way. That's awesome. <laughs> That's really cool. That is awesome. Yeah, he was the man of the people. John Harks was, by the way. He was awesome. As you know, I, I know there's a lot of controversy around why he left, but uh, that guy wasn't afraid to mix it up with the fans and and really grow. Uh, and I, I'm kind of hoping we see that out of Pat. I think there I think there is a natural desire out of Pat to to be a Cincinnati guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you just see how he talks, and I mean, <laughs> stupid thing. Everybody always talks about our our skyline chili around here. And the second day <laughs> of work or whatever, uh, Chris Albright was wearing skyline chili socks, and I'm just <laughs> like, okay, that's a way to endear yourself. I, I think these guys get it, but I think they're just dealt such a bad hand. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll see. We got a lot of money to spend. All right, Jordan, you ready for the last one? Yeah. yeah. One? So you've kind of alluded to, I guess, some of this here, but uh, what would be a good season for Cincinnati this year? Is it just not getting wooden spoon or is there higher aspirations here that maybe two spots above wooden spoon? Like what's a really good season for them? Um, I don't want to put a, a position out there um, because I just, I'm worried how we're just going to shed results so early this year uh, i think we need to see an identity i think we need to see positive growth out of some of our core players like brenner and acosta and and just don't lose those games where you get like you we were up two nothing on columbus and we we're up two nothing mm-hmm. on nashville or, or three one on nashville or whatever it was we we're up four to two on montreal don't give those up can't give those up um just disheartening seeing some of these results and no ideas out of our our team so i think if you can address those concerns i think you'll naturally see a rise in the standings and win one more than one home game please (laughs) one home game last year we had just as many home wins as the u.s men's team did and the u.s women's team did in tql stadium (laughs) one that's that's not good, um, and especially with that beautiful stadium that you guys built. I mean, that thing is immaculate. I I want to visit Amazing. really badly. Um, and we have my brother-in-law actually lives in Cincinnati, so I'm like begging the wife to let's just fly up to Cincinnati, you know, because Jordan's pretty close, and and we were talked about doing a trip this year, and we were like thinking Midwest. We we're like, well, I wonder if we could do Midwest or like a Northeast. Like, it, and it, I think it'll yeah. tend to be Northeast, but it was like, I mean, we we're right there with them, and then the team you guys don't speak of up to the north, and it's like, you know. There's beautiful stadiums there in Ohio. There's beautiful yeah. stadiums in around the Union and uh, Red Bull and NYCFC. I think plays on like a baseball stadium. <laughs> not, not to catch, not to catch uh, my. Uh, you know, I used to be a Columbus Crew fan back when mm-hmm. FC Cincinnati wasn't even a thought. Right. Um, loved historic Crew Stadium, uh, but TQL Stadium is is miles better than than anything in this league than whatever Columbus built up there, the death star, the, we, call it, we call it like the belt buckle. It's, it's it does. Re- repulsive. Um, it's yeah. The, I think I told you this last year, how I said, I thought it was going to be built in, in the perfect area and mm-hmm. it is outperformed everything imagined, whether it's by the bars, by the park. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily a tailgating area, uh, around the stadium because I mean there's not really parking lots but it's a community vibe the whole area morphs into Cin- FC Cincinnati land on game days it's unbelievable unbelievable better than anything I've ever seen in this league and and should be the envy of of, of everybody I mean you could literally 
build your, you know, stadium, TQL stadium downtown. I mean, it's in downtown. It's Mm -hmm. surrounded by buildings and homes and living neighborhood, or you could be built out in the fairgrounds in Nashville. Uh, I mean, okay, great for 30,000 fans versus 26, but uh, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine a better atmosphere and better place to to play and be than, than TQL stadium. So if you have a chance to get there, um, I think with the U S men's national team game, all of us FC Cincinnati fans are like, Oh, thank God. This is how this place could be (laughs) filled loud as can be raucous home field advantage. I mean, when you have no on-field product, I mean, it, that place is quiet. I mean, l- God bless the people in the Bailey. Uh, I was one of those guys every year till last year. Um, but when everybody else is sitting on their hands because we're down three to one, it's 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 a tough spot. So yeah. all bright noon and got a job uh, to to make that place a gem because it is. But uh, yeah, if you, if you have the ability to come down, check it out. <clears throat> definitely, I definitely want to go over there and catch a game. Um, so yeah, if you want to go ahead uh, real quick and, and say where people can find your work again, sure. At Cincy Soccer Talk, C I N C Y Soccer Talk on Twitter, Cincinnati Soccer Talk on Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the the major podcast networks, and uh, Cincinnati Soccer Talk dot com. If you want to. Uh, see me tweet ridiculous things about the Super Bowl this weekend. You can reach me <laughs> at Brian, uh, B-R-Y-A-N, Weigel, W-E-I-G-E-L. If you don't like what I say, you can go to at Bradley Weigel <laughs> and blame him. So, you know, twin brothers, we're in this adventure together. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. We're adding uh, another former uh, FC Cincinnati player to our, our lineup this year in Semdevit. We have Justin awesome. Hoyt, who... Um, who played for Arsenal for all those years uh, in, in the Premier League, Middlesbrough. Uh, he's been a great partner with uh, Coach Brad Goff on on Talking Tactics. So uh, it's been an adventure. You know, I, I feel so uh, – I'm so jealous because we had Michael LaHood, who's now the, uh, mm. the the color commentator for for uh, Austin FC on there. So we're talking about getting him back on the show for, for a week for this uh, Austin FC preview. But it's it's been a wild ride with Cincinnati. Hopefully we can win. <laughs> And we are back from talking with Brian Weigel of Cincy Soccer Talk. Um, I kind of agree with him. He didn't want to put a position spot on it. I'll do it. I think even just one spot above Wooden Spoon would be an accomplishment for mm-hmm. uh, this club because um, got to show some progress. They have a new GM, a new coach, some new players, some same players, a mix of match of players. I don't know. Maybe I'm a sucker for buying in two years in a row, but I'm going to buy into Cincinnati again. And I think that there's a real shot for them to um, go up a, pl- a place or, or two. For, oh, for so you're club. thinking FC Cincinnati stock to the moon, huh? As are you calling it a rocket? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think everything like you said was accurate. Um, there's just so much uh, that is concerning about this club. Um, you know, relying on Jeff Cameron at 36 years old is never going to be something that's ideal. And I know he said that it's above average center back pairing. And I, I think that's all that has a lot to do with Bowsia being who he is. And, and if he can grow into that role, as he said, he kind of goes in and back and forth between the six and then kind of that center back position now that he's made it to the MLS and not an academy anymore. Um, Brenner again, I think Brenner takes a step forward, so I think that helps them tremendously. I think that Blucho plays better, which that'll help tremendously. And I do think that, I mean, there's a lot to say. I mean, Pat um, Noonan played, or sorry, coached underneath two of the best coaches that we have here in the United States. Um, when you're talking about Jim Curtin, you're talking about Bruce Arena. He knows how to play um, good soccer. And I think that the diamond will be interesting. The diamond's tough to build, as you know, Jordan, um, all full and well that you, you need you need the right pieces to be able to play in that kind of formation. If you build it though, they will come. They will. Um, and hopefully they have their green cards ready to go. Cause it sounds like they might not be able to, um, but it, it is, it's, there are three missing midfielders. They need three really good midfielders. If they're going to play a diamond, they have one that's going to lead kind of that number 10, kind of the bottom of that diamond. And then you've got the two forwards. I don't, I guess they're going to go with Brandon Vasquez. Um, 
up at that role. I mean, I, that's all I can kind of think of right now that they have on the roster that could play up there alongside Brenner. He did have four goals last year with three assists. Um, so you kind of play him in beside Brenner. Um, you know, Brandon's 22, Brenner's 21. Um, so I think you got you, you could have a good pairing there and if those two work out. But, it, again, it's just linking that back line. They don't have a right back that's any kind of worth. Um, but, again, like you said, it's a weird it's a weird situation that they're in. They're kind of in like a weird spot right now. And I, I don't see them getting above, you know, that second to last, you know, spot in the East. I think that that's going to be Cincinnati and FC Cincinnati or Charlotte and FC Cincinnati the whole time. Look, they got to start improving soon because if not, you know, they're going to start losing the fan base. Um, Especially when the Bengals are hot right now. If the Bengals continue to be hot, you you lost all the goodwill you had. You had a chance to be the winning team in that Mm -hmm. market before the Bengals got good. And, you know, the Reds haven't really done much. But now you're going to end up being second or third in that Mm -hmm. town when you could have been number one. Um, I I get it, though. I mean, of course, if if the Bengals had gotten good and Cincinnati was good as well, then Bengals would probably still outrank them. You know, they've been there longer, more fans. It's football. But you're really shooting yourself in the foot when you had a little bit of a head start and and couldn't do it. But, uh, yeah, so... uh, I wanted to share this. We got some merch that we're selling here. I, I bought my Philly, the curtain is open merchandise. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube, we have a picture of the shirt and uh, you can get it on mugs, magnets, stickers, and more. I went for a save by the bell inspired motif with the lightning bolts and the snakes uh, based on the Philly, you know, um, Ben, Ben Franklin, uh, kite being electrocuted that's where we get the electric from the lightning that they use in their away kit i went with snakes because of the union logo you know um and then my wife made the other one here on the left with uh the, the more lightning bolts um and the bigger snake saying the curtain is open so uh of course curtain spelled like jim curtain because of <laughs> the reference logo does he coach uh, had me had me use uh yeah, you know, I came up with this because of Logan's closing the other day where he asked me if the curtain is closed. <laughs> and I said, no, the curtain is open, baby. Uh, and it is. Uh, there's the best chance for them to win MLS Cup here. And then this one that we just made. <laughs> we're going to be doing giveaways for this one. Actually, I have some magnets we're going to be doing giveaways for when they come in. But uh, on on Charlotte FC, uh, we are fooked. Uh <laughs> I couldn't fit the S in there for Fuchs uh, yeah. to really make it even more sense, but we got shirts, we got magnets, stickers, and mugs of We Are Fooked with the Charlotte FC crown here. Um, some Royal-esque font, you know, is what I was trying to go for with the crown. So uh, if people are interested in getting some stickers, mugs, magnets, uh, if you're interested in the giveaway, I think we might just do it based on uh, a tweet that we make and some reviews and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but keep an eye out on that. If you want to enter for any of the giveaway of those things, or if you just want a stateside soccer show logo, you know, we have shirts of those available. You just go to the link tree that we have in the notes and click merchandise. And it'll take you to all of 14301 productions merchandise. That includes our Marvel podcast to the infinity saga and beyond stateside soccer show, stoppage time, soccer show, extra innings, baseball show, the baseball bucket list, which is a video blog. I do um, about going, visiting other baseball places. And then youngster Jordan, which is my Pokemon streaming thing. Uh, So yeah, got a lot of great stuff on there. If anybody's interested in that, um, but I'm looking to make more shirts for other teams uh, as well. So hopefully, hopefully uh, we we make some stuff that people like. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, coming up next, I'll be out of town this weekend. Uh, this episode, I'm probably actually going to put up over the weekend mm-hmm. while I'm gone because I have to put up the other one for Friday. Um, 
so this one will probably be up on like Sunday or uh, Sunday morning, something like that. And uh, what what do we got coming up next, Logan? Because you might be recording some stuff while I'm out. So I'm, I'm curious to know what we got going on here. Yeah, so next Monday, I'm going to jump on and do a um, CONCACAF Champions League preview. So I'm going to break down some of the matchups that we have coming up with CONCACAF Champions League. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and it, it, I think next week, too, we're going to try to get the SKC guys on um, when Jordan returns on Wednesday. So we'll record that on Wednesday. And then I believe uh, hopefully next Thursday or Friday, um, we can try to record the Cascadia region of MLS, because I think we're going to jump on, do those three, uh, have a guest on or two maybe. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to next week. I think it'll be a lot of fun with the SKC stuff, getting into CONCACAF's Champions League, because we'll be able to, I'll be able to preview some of the teams that are in CONCACAF, because uh, there's some teams that we haven't gotten to yet that I want to talk about before they head out and play their first unofficial match uh, of the season, but uh, pretty important matches as some of these teams, I know the Rebs, um, we'll definitely be trying to win the CONCACAF Champions League. So should be pretty interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen with CCL and coming up in the next couple of weeks. And we'll finish up our previews by combining some uh, teams together. Sounds exciting. But uh, yeah, so we will leave everybody to it here. Have a great rest of your weekend. And uh, Logan will keep things running here while I'm out. It'll be like the first episode I fully miss, I guess, hmm. um, out of 102 so far. But thanks, everybody, for, for watching or listening. And have a great rest of your week. Who day? They're not the uh, Bengals. That's who they are. <laughs> Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.